Welcome to Leo Rising, a living tarot and creative intuition podcast. Here we'll have a conversational exploration of tarot, personal and spiritual growth, and identity formation. It's less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. I'll process stories from my life, both from the past and from the current moments that I'm moving through, to give listeners things to think about in their own journey. I'll also be introducing you to wonderful humans who are exploring these topics in their lives, either personally, professionally, or both. So my name is Jenna Fox, and I'm an educator, writer, tarot reader, Reiki master, and queer mystical mama. What I'm not is an expert. So if you're a seeker, if you've got a curious mind or are interested in esoteric topics, then this is the podcast for you. And I'm so excited to have you on the journey. Let's get started, shall we? Welcome to season two, you guys. I have so missed putting out interviews, and it is something that I've been working on for the last couple of weeks while I have been on winter break from my um, day job. So I am really, really excited to, over the next, you know, 14 or 15 weeks or so, which is going to be. from January when the first episode goes live through about April is what I have already um, interviewed. And who knows, you know, with uh, busy schedules and other things that might extend into May and June, and it might just end in April, or uh, I'm sort of going by the seat of my pants at this point with this podcast and always sort of updating things and not knowing where things are going, which is really exciting and also terrifying at the same time because I'm somebody who really loves a plan. And yet I know that with my busy life, it's not always feasible for me to know exactly what things are going to be be like in you know tomorrow, let alone um, in so many weeks from now. Um, but today I have an interview for you that I did with Rebecca Skolnick, and I am so excited to share this with you because. Uh, I've been following um, Rebecca on Instagram for a while, a while, and um, I just love the brevity in her Instagram bio. So she is just Video Witch NYC, and I just when she wanted to um, be a part of the podcast, I was so excited because Video Witch, right? Like, how amazing of a title is that to have on Instagram? Her website has a little bit more information. Um, she just introduces herself saying, hi, I'm Rebecca Skolnick, a filmmaker and creative intuitive with a fervor for personal mythology. And so that is what this interview is all about, her personal journey to get where she is now. And we totally geek out on our love of all things, um, Joseph Campbell and Hero's journey and really trying to find our place in the world as far as the labels that fit us and um, the things that we're going to, we want to put out into the world. So I really hope that you enjoy um, this, this podcast episode, season two, episode one, not that we're keeping track. (laughs) 
if you do like the podcast, please share it with friends. That's how people get to know uh, the work that I'm doing and the conversations that I'm having with people. And, you know, that's just um, a quick, you know, share in stories on Instagram, send it to a friend. And then, of course, there's the more traditional ways that podcasts get, um, get seen, uh, which is through reading and reviewing on the podcast app that you are using. And I know that can be kind of tricky. I've tried for friends who have podcasts. I'm sort of feeling a little bit like podcasting is the way that introverts are able to like ask each other out to virtual coffee. (laughs) So I know that rating and reviewing is like that kind of tricky on a lot of podcasting apps. Um, So I really appreciate the time that you take to share the love. And without any further ado, I'm sure there will be more announcements as season two gets really underway. Um, Here is my interview or conversation, as I'd like to say, since I'm no Barbara Walters. Here is my conversation with Rebecca. Welcome, Rebecca, to Leo Rising. I am so excited to talk with you. And we're recording this during Mercury Retrograde, which it won't be when the episode um, airs, which is wonderful. But we decided to just, you know, take chance into our own hands and uh, go against astrology and do this do this episode. So yeah, we're risking it. We're risking it. We're like, (laughs) we're like rebels, right? Like witches, we can like bend time and space. And what does the planets have to say anything about um, our lives? Exactly. And we've asked for a lot of help. We have, right? We've got all the people in the room, even though, you know, (laughs) nobody can see it. Maybe my dog can, if he barks, he might be telling my ancestors some things. Okay, so I always just start with the, the open platform for you to just kind of share who you are, whatever feels good um, about like who you are, where you come from, what you're doing in the world. And then I feel like we can just pick up any of those threads and just take it from there. So open platform. Who are you? What are we going to talk about today? Oh my goodness. Well, my name is Rebecca Skolnick. And when I auditioned for college, the dance instructor told me that that was okay. I could change that when I joined the union. <laughs> oh my. Which I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> um, I did not change that. I'm, I'm no. rocking it yeah. to this day. Um, yeah, I grew up in California outside of Sacramento. And as a kid, I always loved performing. My parents were performers and they weren't stage parents. They didn't push me into it, but I definitely caught the bug early and they um, supported me and I studied acting in college and my last semester did a film intensive and felt totally, like, totally fell in love with film production. I'd always loved movies and was like, oh, I'll act in them, but then kind of fell in love with making them as well. And so I have have this really lovely and somewhat accidental career or not accidental career in production. And I've been freelance on my own for the last year, which is crazy and was a total leap of faith. Like speaking of guides, mine told me very early on, like you need to stay project based. Mm. And I think that was probably the most like fool 
embodied moment (laughs) that I've had recently of just listening to that and saying, okay, I'm not going to look for a full-time job or even any kind of part-time like artist survival job. I'm just going to stay the course and um, trust that projects will find me and I will find projects. So I've been freelance for almost a year now. um, And I have coined the term, probably not coined it. It's probably out there, but I call myself a video witch. Which I so <laughs> because, love. I mean, when, when, you, when you, you wanted to be on the podcast, I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> like video witch, like that is such a badass. Like, you know, I knew nothing about video and I'm like, all right, I need to, I need to talk to this gal. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. I'm still really honestly figuring out what that all means because, so that's like my mainstream career. And then also I have I mean, everyone's on their own spiritual journey and I've been on mine for quite a long time, but uh, I've always, my mom, okay, we'll start here. My mother is this incredible psychic medium, Mm. goddess, human. She's just amazing. And when I was, when I learned about her gifts and started like experiencing them both for myself and secondhand, Uh, I was always really jealous and I was like, Ooh, I want to be able to do that, which now in retrospect is a really funny idea to have about someone's psychic gifts. Like I want to, I want to have that. I want to do that. Um, And I was pretty much given the message like you can and you will, but just not now. Like we got to go through some stuff first. And I was annoyed with that as you are, but you know, went, went along with it. And I, I, ended up going into a shop just thinking I want to get more in touch with my um, spiritual side. And a woman at the shop picked out a deck of tarot cards for me. And I think I was probably 16 or 17. Okay. Um, And so I started reading tarot for myself. Um, And it wasn't a traditional deck. It was like an angel tarot deck by Mm -hmm. Doreen Virtue. And that was the only deck that I used until January of this year when I got laid off from my full-time job. And it was the same time that the message of like, you're going to do freelance, you're going to stay project-based. And also the tarot was just like showing up in this huge way that was like, we, like, we need to reconnect, we need to broaden. And so in this calendar year alone, I've gone from, you know, having a like comfy, what I thought was comfy, like full-time job in video um, for like a big company. Like I thought I had made it <laughs> right. um, and like a private spirituality and like tarot practice for myself to being totally project-based on my own, growing my own business. And also now kind of dabbling in like reading tarot for other people Um and when you yeah, say you're, it's you're kind reading, of crazy, you're reading tarot for other people. Are you doing that in person? Are you doing that via the internet? Are you using sort of the video witch skills or are they kind of still separate? Yeah. So they're kind of still separate and I would really like to merge them. And I don't, I, I'm open to what that means. Like mm-hmm. I, um, I obviously we are in touch because of Lindsay Mack's Tara for the Wild Soul yeah. course and her monthly medicine this month about the cocoon or in December when we're recording, mm-hmm. um, like really got me because she just talked a lot about 
being okay with kind of the in-between space of we've released a lot of things and we're not quite sure where we're going, but we're going there. (laughs) And that like really resonates for me because I think in the, only in the last couple, you know, month or so have I really felt okay business-wise to start thinking about my other, um, like the other work that I want to do in this lifetime that's a little bit more of like my soul work and not not just my like got to pay my bills work. Um, So I think I'm still like really, I have some, a few ideas about doing like a tarot video series Mm -hmm. of like short films or something like around the tarot. I want to do like each card has its own video and whether that's a story or a lot of, um, like iconography, just something of, that's really like each video will embody like the essence of that card. Yeah. I've um, been, so I, I've been oh, noticing, no, I've been noticing, um, I just, I came across it on Instagram, the like before and after tarot. And so they took the tarot cards, like the specific 78 that we know, and they made a deck, Llewellyn did this, um, made a deck for the moment right before the cards we know and the moment right after the cards. And it's, it's oh, such that's an interesting so cool. idea, right? Like it's like the four of cups doesn't just exist in itself. Like in that moment, I mean, it does in that moment, but what came before, what came after? I love that idea of the story of like, what's yeah. going on behind the scenes, you know? Okay. Well, that's kind of a perfect segue to you asked if they were separate. They are separate right now. So my tarot offering right now actually doesn't have anything to do with video, but I have been using, um, I've read for some people in person. I've read for some people online. And again, this is just like the beginnings of my offering, um, which I started, I started offering tarot earlier this year because I, as, oh, hello. I know. That's my three-legged shit zoo. Oh my goodness. Hi. Um, my, wall-eyed Boston Terrier is upstairs right now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, Recovering from his neuter, which took place yesterday. Oh. I know. Poor baby. Yeah. Um, He's like, what did mom do to me? (laughs) I know. He's like, you dropped me off in this cold cage and then I lost a part of my body. You're like, but listen, it's better this way. Kids are a lot. (laughs) It's better for everyone this way. Believe me. But so I started offering tarot earlier this year because like I said, tarot was really showing up like, hi, 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 we're here and reconnect and broaden and all of the things. And so I, my ego brain was immediately like, oh my God, great. Yes. Let's start charging for this. Let's start making our money with this. (laughs) Like, this is a new offering we can do. And also spirit pretty quickly was like, hi, no, we showed up for you. Like (laughs) we're going to do some healing. We're going to go through some stuff and then like, maybe you can start to offer it. Um, but so this year was, has definitely been a lot about like trusting and listening. Um, isn't that so like, it's like like the best thing ever, but it's so frustrating at the same time. It's like, okay, (laughs) but I want to just like, go ahead. I I pulled today the knight of swords and it's like, sometimes I feel that like, I just want to go quick and fast. And I've thought of the things and it's like, whoa, whoa, like chill out. Yeah. 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 No, I feel that. I only now am starting to like physically feel better and 
going, wow, it took me a year, mm-hmm. like, or, or almost the better part of a year to kind of recover from a lot of, um, a lot of change and a lot of like turmoil and yeah. how interesting that we really don't give ourselves a lot of time to get through <laughs> what, oh, you know, yeah. what we're going through at all. And we're just like, okay, I should feel better now. Right. Um, th- and it's just not that simple. Mm-hmm. So take me back. You said, okay, your mom, psychic, psychic, yes. when, when, like, how old were you when you realized that she had sort of this like spirituality or gifts that kind of existed outside of being your mom? Yeah. I think I was a teenager. And again, okay. like, I, I hope, um, I mean, she shall remain nameless. Um, yeah. But because she's definitely is more private about it um, than I ever have been. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hello world. I right. do these things. Um, but I think I was a teenager and it really, one of the first memories that I have of it was just being like at a dinner party and she almost started telling somebody else's story for them just based oh on God. information that was dropping in. Um, and then like little things like that, like she was at my college graduation in, I live in New York and my graduation was at Radio City Music Hall. And she was sitting like in the balcony and just tapped the person next to her and was like, I'm so sorry, but, uh, you know, to disturb you, but your father is here right now. And he just wanted to let you know that he's here for his grandson's graduation and the and she was you know able to share his name and information to make the connection um and she not to speak for her but I think she's always even in that story like apologized for that and Mm -hmm. because especially I mean I completely understand it it's a it must be a very awkward thing to start that conversation so her journey has been a lot about like trusting the information and, and trusting the idea that she could, you know, share and also reveal herself in the same moment. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's probably some generational things there. I feel like with Instagram, oh, absolutely. it's like witches of Instagram and psychics and, and all of this stuff seems to be so on trend that, you know, our parents and grandparents generation, it just wasn't quite as um, talked about. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. And even like my, uh, my girlfriend is 12 years older than me and I was, I'm always revamping my website, but even I was redoing my website and I wanted to put, I felt very called to put tarot on it. Um, and she was like, well, you should do that like on a different website. (laughs) I was like, but this is my website. And she was like, well, you don't want your video clients or maybe you do. Like it was just a lot of question mark. And so that's been something that's really been interesting for me to think about and how we for so long have been taught and and in some ways are still being taught to keep all of these aspects of ourselves separate in order to attract a certain clientele or keep ourselves professional or, you know, whatever the reason may be. And I've just found myself in a place where I'm not really sure how all of these aspects of myself are going to fit together quite yet um, and what kind of offerings will kind of come from that place of like total embodiment. 
but I am clear about the fact that they can no longer stay like separate and private. Yeah. But I do feel very called to say, hey, I'm a creator and I'm an intuitive and, you know, a little witchy and all of those things actually feed the whole. Right. Um, and I don't think that it will, I hope that it will not hurt my overall sense of, you know, self and or business to include all of those. But I pretty much have faith that like, if, if a client's not into it, then be, like, if they don't want to hire me to edit their video, because I also provide tarot readings and like, that might be okay. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to pass along another editor their way. <laughs> Well, and it's so interesting that we're talking about this in Sagittarius season because Sagittarius rules the temperance card, you know, and temperance is really all about that, like decompartmentalizing and really kind of creating some of that congruence that we want. And I can so relate, you know, I teach and then I'm a tarot reader. And so there's that same idea of like, how much is too much? And I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm tired of having like 17 websites or four different Instagrams <laughs> or whatever, you know, it's like, I want to be a writer and a witch and a tarot reader and a teacher and a mom and have it all in just totally I am and show up in that, in that way, you know? Yes. Yes. To all of that. Right. And so it's like, okay, that's our, that's our challenge. We're bringing that message. Okay. Like let's show up as all the messy. (laughs) Right. And sometimes contradictory parts of ourselves, you know? Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious. I just would love to meet that 16-year-old self that walked into it was it was it a metaphysical shop, a new age shop? Was it Barnes oh and Noble? Yes, it was. Okay. No, it was in my hometown. Um and I'll just shout it out because it's great. If you're ever in Folsom, California, yes. um head on down to Sutter Street and go to Planet Earth Rising. <laughs> it's love still that. one of those stores that I go to every time I'm home because it's just amazing. And yeah, it's total metaphysical, like, um, crystals. They're actually kind of a cool blend of like, they do a lot of really nice jewelry. So you can buy like the rough stones, but then you can also buy like tons of gorgeous, like handmade jewelry. Um, they service quite a few, um, metaphysical, I guess, well, like, modalities. I'm not quite sure English is escaping me today. Um, but like you can find a lot of pagan stuff there, a lot of tarot, some religious like stuff. Um, but kind of just a really good blend of it all. And I just love, I feel like I always learn something when I'm there. Um, yeah. And there was a woman who runs the shop and admittedly is not the warmest woman. And I guess my mom, my mom goes in there quite often and is, you know, just had pleasantries with this woman, but I walked in and she like bolted to me and was like, how can I help you? Like I have to find this deck for you. Um, and it was kind of wild. Like I came in knowing that I wanted to look for tarot and not really knowing where to start. And I think the minute that I opened that door, she like just jumped in and was like, yes, girl, we're going to get you set up. And so you and have this, this angel tarot deck in your hand I do. And, and you, and you leave this, the store and, and then is it like a private <laughs> thing? Do you like, do you go home and give your mom a reading? Like what, what's it? I definitely have given my mom readings and I think she was probably the first person that I ever read for, uh, 
besides myself. But the first thing, I'm such a good student. And so I went home and like studied the book and like read everything there was to know about the book and just looked at all of the cards. And actually the deck is really interesting because I, um, like angels show up for me pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. I'm, I actually would love to learn more about who my guides are. Um, I, a lot of times when I, I'm, I'm just kind of speaking to spirit nondescriptly, but angels will step forward like by name. Like I have, (laughs) this is odd, but like pretty close relationships with, um, with a few angels and I, and probably through working with this deck and even before then. Um, and, but I don't, I don't really resonate with the imagery on the, on the deck. So I think that's why when it showed up for me in a big way this year, it was like, okay, we're going to broaden our horizons kind of with tarot, kind of go back to tarot 101 and like get a a rider weight and check that out um but the one and this angel deck too it's gorgeous and beautiful and has provided me with a lot of really juicy stuff um but it also is like a quote-unquote gentle deck so Mm -hmm. some of the major arcana that's on the scarier side has been uh, renamed and kind of reimagined Um, and some, some that are kind of surprising, like I understand wanting to change death or wanting a death is release in this deck. Um, and wanting to change like the tower, I think is just called life experience. Um, which is really (laughs) funny. Yeah. I mean, that could be like going to the grocery store or like, I didn't find the right parking spot or. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Well, Hey, depending on your level of meltdown, like it could be a small tower moment. (laughs) Um, but there are other ones like the, they changed the hangman to awakening, Hmm. which again, all of these, like I understood them and they worked for me at the time, but I think, um, this year and I'm very into numerology as well. Um, and this year is a seven year for me and seven besides being the number of spirituality is absolutely like the number of questioning and discernment. And it's one of the more um, contracting energies I found like, and I definitely, and the tower is obviously a seven card. Um, So I've definitely, this year has kind of beaten me up a little bit in all the best ways but I think it was like okay you're no longer in a position where we can be gentle with you <laughs> like right, right. let's you're, talk you're about leveling this. up okay. yeah exactly it was like okay this has been a really great starter deck and actually I think I'd been using the deck for about seven years nice. um, a little a little longer I think yeah um but but yeah, it was definitely a leveling up that was like, okay, we can no longer call these by their pretty mm-hmm. names, um, like nothing. And I think that's why Lindsay's teaching to me has really stood out too, as kind of redefining and reimagining these quote unquote scary cards. Yeah. Um, being able to see how that they're, even if they are scary, or even if we're experiencing a difficult time, that there's so much wisdom in that we don't have to like sugar, yeah. we don't have to sugarcoat it. Right, exactly. And it's like, if I'm going through a tower moment, which getting laid off from my job was a huge tower moment for me, um, 
I don't want to look at it as just life experience. It doesn't feel like life experience. Like it feels like I'm getting pushed out of Mm -hmm. every structure I've ever, you know, or a structure that I've spent a lot of time building for myself that literally just the top got blown off and I got pushed out. Um, So I appreciated I, I do appreciate, and I'm actually a Sagittarius rising. So, <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I think the, um, I've been called rude, but real before. <laughs> oh girl, <laughs> and, you're speaking my language. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say that's like totally accurate, but I can see how, I can see how that would be my feedback. When you were talking about the angels and sort of connecting with the energy, it just, it makes me think about how you know, part of the leveling up can be that connecting with the energy or the force behind the pretty image or behind, Mm. even if the image isn't pretty, but just like knowing somebody, it's like this conversation that we're having versus me just seeing your picture on Instagram, right? Right. There's just so many more layers of relationship that you can have with that, say that angel energy or that archetype energy or the major arcana or even the minor arcana as well, when you're kind of living through it instead of just, you know, I think of some of the the tarot decks that I kind of shy away from that do a lot of that where it's just cats or it's something where it's like, it's a great, <laughs> it's a great, it's a great deck for people, but I want to see all the dark and the light and all of that stuff. Cause I'm trying yeah. to like, not just swipe right on Tinder and be like, you're cute. It's like, oh, I want to get to know you for real. Right, right, right. No, I, yeah. And this deck too is like, was beautiful, almost like Tom and Thomas Kincaidian, like um, imagery, like gorgeous and detailed. Um, And also I just never, I never really felt like that's what any of the people well, the people, any of the angels that I was in communication with, I don't think that's what they look like. I don't yeah. know what they look like. Um, but that's sort of like the but, faith that kind of makes them um, seem easier to uh, relate digest. to some people. Yeah, 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 digest. Totally. And, and I have nothing but the utmost respect for that. But I agree that it was kind of just a leveling up. And, and also a big, a big year for me of, of kind of embodying the hierophant of just being like, okay, now let's really look at everything that I value and, and believe in both spiritually and just like what I believe to be true about the world um, and really start to unpack that and see, okay, where did that come from? Is that mine? Um, If it was something that I was taught who, who, you know, who, by which teacher, um, is that something that I kind of just grew up with that notion around me? Um, and then really having the opportunity to either chuck it or recommit. Yeah. Are there any, are there any, um, of those kind of lessons or things that have been percolating where you're just like, you're still kind of sitting with that or wrestling with it specifically right now? Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I think not to go back to it too much, but I think the whole idea of, of what that line in the sand between your professional and your personal life is, is still kind of mushy for me. Yeah. Um, just, you know, as I, as I kind of figure out, I don't think I've totally figured out what my soul work 
here is. I think that I'm starting to kind of tiptoe around it. Um, but I'm not sure that I know fully what it is yet. And so I, maybe that, maybe just the notion of like, you don't have to always have it figured out or you don't, like yeah. you don't always have to see the path to walk down the path. One of my favorite, um, <laughs> favorite writers, Anne Lamott, um, she, cause I'm a, like, one of my dreams is to just like be a writer, right? Yeah. It's like, we gotta pay our bills. We gotta do all these things. No, but she, same. But she, um, in one of her books, she writes about driving at night with your headlights on. And then it's like, you can only see so far, you know, but you know, you're, you know, you're headed in the right direction, but you can just see a little bit outside of the headlights. And, um, but if you just keep driving and you just keep following the headlights, you'll get home. And I'm like, yep. I really love that idea of like, okay, we're heading in this direction and I don't really have it all figured out, but I'm yeah. the kind of person I want it figured out. Like before before I was a tarot reader, I thought of all these businesses and things. And my husband, he's an accountant. And he's like, yes. okay, what's, what's your business plan? And I'm like, I bought business cards on Vistaprint. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I bought I'm a testing out table. a Squarespace trial. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, I don't know. I, I don't have it all figured out. And if, you know, a year ago when I started Leo Rising, like, I wouldn't know that this is what I would be doing right now. Totally. Know? Yeah. No, I feel that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I have heard that quote before and I have always loved it. Um, and I think it's true. And, uh, actually one of the, so about tarot, I really have kind of like pushed a practice and I had a separate Instagram. <laughs> I did the whole, like the whole 2018 tarot reader thing where I was like, okay, this is what I do now. And like, I have to post every day and I'm trying to build an audience and like all of that felt really cool at first because I thought that the separate thing was kind of what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't want to push tarot onto all of my family friends <laughs> yep. um, who might be following me on Instagram. So I was like, I'm going to do this other thing. And I did for a while. And what it did do is it really was a great introduction into the community, yep. especially in New York. There are like so many people um, doing uh, everything from palmistry to tarot to crystals to Reiki. Um, and so it really, that kind of opened my eyes to the community that was available to me right in my own city um, and, and beyond, obviously. And then a couple months after, I just felt really like that wasn't my jam anymore. And I wanted to just post from my own page. I also think that I should just take a long extended break from social media mm -hmm. because it's kind of crazy to me how much influence it has over our lives. Um, yeah. I've but, been really like thinking about that as far as like imposter syndrome or just like yeah. content, content consumption is like, I could just look at Instagram all day and never all run out day. of things, <laughs> things to look at. All day. They have all these apps now that are like time yourself. And I'm like, I don't want to know how many hours yep. I spend scrolling. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's because it will be really upsetting to me. Yeah. But it's true. And I think that's kind of like, um, a little bit of that Hierophant stuff too is like, if I'm scrolling all day on Instagram, I can read 20 different uh, inspirational quotes mm -hmm. or versions, you know, interpretations of the astrological weather or 
20 different tarot readings for the day, you know, energy readings. But ultimately, that's all just a lot of information that didn't come from me. And while I am grateful for the abundance of information that's out there, I have found myself really avoiding checking in with myself and my own connection to source um, and kind of just letting other people tell me what's going on in the world. Oh, that is so so Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting too, to kind of check myself and be like, oh, well, I haven't dropped in in a while, but I still feel like I know what's going on, but it's because it's somebody else's channel, not my own. Yeah. So that's think, been kind of interesting for me to check in with. Yeah. I've been wrestling with this idea of, you know, that we talk a lot about, or at least in this, in the Instagram that I follow a lot of idea around like performative activism and just like, don't just like post things about black lives matter if you're not actually like doing the work. And I was thinking about this as far as just like my spirituality and tarot and other things is like, did I pull that tarot card because I needed that tarot card or did I pull it because I just wanted to take a picture for Instagram. And, and, oh, and if I'm doing, you know, and if I'm doing that and I'm honestly inside myself saying right now I'm taking pictures and these are going to have great captions and spirits flowing through me. Cool. But am I, is my spiritual, like, you know, um, my spiritual path, is it performative? And if so, like I need to rein that back in and figure out, where I'm just, would I do this if Instagram shut down and said, no, which is allowed and, you know, what <laughs> yeah. would I do? What would I do? No, I totally get that because I think a lot of, I mean, our personas and I guess this, this does, I mean, it's all the same conversation, but it does go back to that, like separating the aspects of self is that social media is an opportunity for us to kind of curate the persona that we, or the life that we want. And you, there's been a lot of conversation, at least on my feed lately, um, in the last couple of months about being yourself and what is it like to be authentic on Instagram and how do you make sure that you're, as you're scrolling, you keep in mind that you're only seeing the best moments of everyone's lives. And that doesn't mean that they're not posting that smiling picture, but actually like sitting in their dark bedroom crying while doing it. And, um, yeah. And so it's, I, I totally hear you on that. And I actually haven't been posting anything really lately, uh, because I've just been asking myself the same questions. Like, is this because I feel the need to create content for an audience that I may or may not have or even need? Uh, or is this something that I really feel called to like share? Yeah. And can there be that, that in between of like, okay, I'm doing this because I'm playing the game and I'm getting something from it and community. Um, there's just, it's, it's just a really challenging, you know, I think about that with my students, like we have the conversations around, you know, what is authenticity and Mm. maybe, maybe my wearing sweatpants all the time is authentic. And I put on jeans today to go to work or whatever, (laughs) right? you know, like how can we be still our authentic self, but then maybe we're different at our family vacation that we are, you know, so it is absolutely what, um, 
are you comfortable sharing what grades you teach? I am. Yeah, I actually teach community college, but um, the students that I work with are 16 to 21 and they've dropped out of high school. Okay. So the, the class that I teach is like human development. Um, it's kind of a lot of study skills and then sort of psychology and English and getting back into. Um, so tarot shows up in my work, but not explicitly. <laughs> I'm not sure. bringing my deck into class, but we definitely talk about aspects of the hero's journey. And some students of mine know that I, that I read tarot because they've found out or they, they, yeah. they self-disclose that they, you know, oh, I have a tarot deck or whatever. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I read tarot. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, finally. Finally, I've right. waiting for you to open up. I know. And um, I have all of, over the years, all the little witch students who just like gravitate and they like bring me crystals and things. And I don't even share anything about like that aspect of my life but I'm just like oh how sweet that you you That's saw amazing yeah yeah Pretty of great. course okay well I love that you said the hero's journey and I have to jump on this because uh I studied Joseph Campbell for the first <laughs> time in high school I was yes. my senior year to this day Mr. Carroll I shouted out from the rooftops like changed my whole life uh, my AP lit class. And I still have, I'm not joking. I still have the handouts with all of the steps of the heroic journey. Oh my gosh. Um, from that class in my notebook that I still use to this day. And I, it's always something that just, I loved, like it was yeah. a way to kind of plug in all of the books and movies and stories that I'd grown up with. Um, and going, oh yeah, here I can see all of the steps and all of the um, archetypes and motifs and themes. Uh, and then that's, I thought about this earlier when you were asking me, how did I really get in touch with, with that angel deck? Um, for in that deck, it's the dreamer's journey, which mm -hmm. I did love. I loved yeah. that. The fool was now the dreamer. And that was one change that I that I loved only because of my own kind of negative connotations with the word fool. Mm -hmm. um, so I but loved you know, the dreamer. And what I love about that concept of the dreamer's journey too, is the acknowledgement that the journey isn't just physical and mm, going, yeah. going out. Like sometimes the fool is so embodied as like, I have my dog and my knapsack and it's like, <laughs> right. Sometimes for me, some of like the best work and journey I go on is in my dreams or meditation or just daydreaming. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I really, I always really loved that. And then I plugged in the hero and I was like, oh, so in learning tarot, I was like very aware that the arcana was its own heroic journey. Mm -hmm. And I always, I also write, I've always written and, and in the last few years have kind of had more of a contractive relationship with myself as a writer. And actually one of the things that I'm currently, Oh, here we go. It comes back to your question of like, if there's anything that I'm currently grappling with of like releasing and calling in, um, I'm really releasing that kind of imposter syndrome around writing, like mm -hmm. anything that's blocking my creative flow and uh, you know, just a lot of self-esteem. Like, am I, is anyone going to want to read this? 
um, sitting down and feeling like you can't have a first, second, third, fourth, fifth to infinity draft, like that it has to be perfect upon first putting pen to paper. Um, And it's really kept me from writing. And I really, I mean, I want to write movies. So, Mm -hmm. and, and make them. And that's always been such a huge part of what I do. And only recently in the last, you know, year or so have I, no, longer than that, but I wrote a feature and I was kind of workshopping it. And then I got the job that really took me, I thought I'd made it. And it's clear now that, (laughs) that source was like, no, you needed that experience and that knowledge, but that was never, Mm-hmm. that wasn't you making it. So now that I feel like I'm kind of back on this path, um, the heroic journey has also been showing up in big ways. Uh, that was the basis of that screenplay that I wrote was I wanted to write um, a heroic journey that was just very relatable uh, and more of kind of like an indie rom-com, but still followed all of the archetypal steps. Yeah. And so as I've been kind of going back and like studying all these different spiritual modalities, something that's been really coming forward is story and storytelling and how the hero's journey is there in every, you know, every piece of literature, including the Bible, including Mm -hmm. the Quran, like Mm -hmm. it's in the tarot, it's in the Kabbalah, um, and the Seraphio of the tree of life, like it's in everything. And so my, actually my latest tarot offering that I've been kind of guinea pigging on some lovely folks is, um, and I think I'm going to stick with it and I'm really excited to offer it is, a hero's journey reading. Mm. And so there is a card for every, um, there are 12 steps in the heroic journey because of course there are, um, there are 12 main steps. And so there's a card for every step. And then if I feel, uh, you know, called to pull clarifiers or additional cards, I will. Um, and it's kind of taking the shape of just illuminating kind of the overall journey of whoever I'm, you know, the client, I hate that word, but mm-hmm. the, you know, the person's life um, and hopefully illuminating the bigger picture and where they might be in this moment. Um, like I pulled for someone last week who was currently in the greatest ordeal, like mm-hmm. in the big fight, the whopper. And but it felt really peaceful and um, and almost validating to be able to say to someone, you're in the thick of it and like, that's okay. And so kind of, I my hope was like, if I can say you're in the thick of it, then that can bring some like peace and e- peace, some peace and ease into that moment for that person of just going, okay, I'm, I'm going through it, but that's kind of where I am. And here are all of the things that are going to, you know, that are going to be made possible because you're fighting through this moment. Yeah. Well, Um, and and that sounds like it can just give people such a beautiful, like sense of a zoomed out perspective for a moment on their life, but then also they're able to kind of see how they're not alone 
even if they feel alone, because look at all these other great stories, both both myth- mythologically, but then also in all of us that we're all going yeah. through those heroes' journeys. I think that's a beautiful offering. Oh, thank you. And I think it I'm very really, excited about it. Yeah, and I think what you're saying too about like wanting to write movies and have that like focus. I mean, uh, tarot, hero's journey, I think all of that could be, could show up in a movie in a really, really cool way. Yeah. So hopefully soon I'll know what that way is. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But first you got to start writing, right? If you're going to write a movie, you got to write. I know. (laughs) I know. First I got to write and not just like read back on old things and be like, maybe I can edit this. (laughs) I know. I struggle with that too, of like coming up with new stuff, but I just took this, um, this writing class that really stretched me. Um, Ariel Gore, I don't know if you're familiar with her. She, um, I'm not, she wrote a book called We Were Witches. Well, she's, she's had like, she has like eight books, but, um, where she inverted in the book, We Were Witches, it's a uh, magical realism memoir. So it's, it's her memoir, but because there's magical realism elements, um, it can't be classified as memoir. Like there's okay. a, there's a scene where like her mom's best friend turns into a possum, you know, after like yeah. t- telling her something when I'm like, that totally happened. Even if it didn't happen, it totally happened. But she, <laughs> sure. she changes the, the structure of a story instead of doing fray tags, um, the pyramid of writing, she inverts it. Um, oh, cool. Because, you know, we need to have less phallic stories. Um, yes. But she had this, this class online and it was called Magical Writing. And it was a two-week intensive. And every day we had a prompt and it was like tarot, rune, occult, scrying, um, trying to talk to like our neighborhood, like just setting the intention that a story from our neighborhood would show up um, in our writing. And it was the coolest because I didn't have any preconceived notions. You know, when you have like, oh, we're going to write eight essays. It's like, okay, these are, you know, I pigeonhole myself, but it's like, oh, pull three tarot cards and then write a story, a past, present, future for the character. It's like, how do you, you can't predict, you can't, you know? So that sounds amazing. It was a pretty cool experience. I know she's offering it again in um, the springtime, but it was a pretty cool experience to just like yeah. have things that are just not going back to my old college papers and trying to make them better. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so are you, what are you working on right now? So I'm working on a tarot influenced memoir. Oh, Yeah. I know. I love, no, I <laughs> I love know. that. I have 64,000 words right now and I need about yes. 75 to be like a, a draft. Um, okay. But yeah, I just like my, my goal is to have it be a cohesive story of my life. Um, but one where like, you know, just kind of like this, this interview. Um, if I meet a mom friend like for the first time at a park, where we enter the story is different than if I meet someone in a professional setting, if I meet someone. And so that's where it's just like, currently it's the 22 major arcana as the chapters or the the themes and it kind of just weaves its way around and it's loose and I don't know what it'll be, but that's where it's going. Yeah, (laughs) no, I love that. Yeah, so that's kind of- that, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You, you go for it. Oh, well, just hearing that, like, this is so beautiful for my own process as well of just 
thinking a lot. So a lot of the work that I do freelance is editing and that's like, okay, here are all of these pieces. How can we make them go together? Yes. And I always, I've heard and now say regularly that a movie is made three times. It's made by the writer, it's made on set, and then it's made in the edit room. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that you have to, as a filmmaker, and especially someone like myself who takes something from a blank page to a finished product, I've been in so many edit situations where I've just had to be like, okay, yeah, cut it. It doesn't work anymore. <laughs> and right. then, you know, in my writer heart, I'm like, oh, I work so hard and I love yeah. that scene. Um, but just being, you know, allowing it to be a fluid process and knowing that that first you have to write the pieces and yeah. then, and that's almost a completely separate process from putting all the pieces together. It is. And that is so frustrating to my husband because I, you know, of course, try to bounce things off of him and I'm chatting and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I don't understand how you did this. He's like, if I were to write something, I would start with an outline and I would write it. And I, and he's like, it's like you, it's like you sewed a bunch of garments and then you tore them apart. And now you're trying to sew something new. And I was right. like, but I had to live this way. Like This is, these are the stories. Like, I, I was writing over the summer and I told my writing mentor and I was just like, I have to live some more mm. because I have writing block and it's not because I have writing block. It's because some specific things needed to happen this fall with my youngest child that needed to be in the book. And I didn't know that. I couldn't, yeah. have that, but I just, knew, like, I was just, uh, you know, yes, I could always add more words cause you can always add more detail, but right. It's going to just get cut later. It's not going to yeah. be, it's not going to be a real draft, you know? Right. Okay. So we're coming up around the hour mark. Oh my um, gosh. I know. I that feel was like, so fast. Oh no, I feel like we could just talk forever. <laughs> I know. Um, so, you know, we can always schedule a part two when yes, you, um, but one of the things that I, and I think that we've kind of danced around the subject, um, but is I want to know people's relationship to and or definition of creative intuition and kind of where it's showing up or where you're inviting your life. Yeah. Um, I listened to a podcast not too long ago, Oprah. (laughs) I don't listen to Oprah regularly, although I, maybe I should. Um, but she interviewed Paolo Coelho, Coelho, um, who wrote the alchemist and also Mm -hmm. many other books Um, and he told this incredible story about how he was all ego and saying, you know, he wanted to write best-selling books and he wanted to make buckets of money and he wanted to do it now, you know, and when the alchemist finally came through, it was unlike any process that he'd ever experienced or even fathomed before. And so Oprah asked him, and I'm paraphrasing now, but you can find the episode. Uh, Oprah basically asked him if he thought he wrote The Alchemist. Mm. And he said, no. He said, I think I was a very good channel for the book. I think I was a, I think I was a great essentially transcriber like interpreter Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. this information because I he's like I 
something along the lines of, I, I can't say that it came from me. And I've been thinking about that a, a lot after I, um, after I listened to that, because I do feel like there's some aspect when you hit like some kind of creative flow and it's a little night of swords, um, like you were talking about earlier of just like that hustle, but it's a lot chariot mm-hmm. and it kind of like almost drives itself. Um, yeah. and I think outlines are great. I've also had a writing partner say that to me, like your idea just needs an outline, um, <laughs> which I'm like, has how do, worked I, and how has do I not. outline 36 years of my life? Like it wasn't like, right. okay, I didn't live in a linear way. How can I tell this story in a linear <laughs> right. way? Right. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, so I think where this very amoeba-like answer to your question is like, I'm, I definitely still think I'm grappling with creative intuition and where it's kind of falling for me right now is the separation between soul and ego and Mm -hmm. just how the ego brain wants it to like my ego brain wants it to come from me i want to sit down at the computer and write out a masterpiece that will be beloved by many people and then my soul knows that a the only thing i've ever wanted to do in my life is make one person's favorite movie So already we're on a much smaller scale than, Mm -hmm. you know, beloved by the masses. And that also I want it to be a collaboration and that I'm not quite sure that I can say that any of the things I've ever written or ever created, none of them have come from me and me alone, even if it isn't just me sitting in a room. Um, And so I think moving forward, I'm just focusing on kind of being the healthiest, most available channel possible for whatever story wants to come through. Oh, I love that. And it totally, it hits my little English major (laughs) nerd heart because it's such, it's like the transcendentalists, the the transcendental poets Mm -hmm. and essayists where that idea of, um, in Indian spirituality, the Vedas were written that way. It's Shruti is the concept of like listening to what the universe and, and that we are always, we're not translating it perfectly, but we're like doing the best we can to listen and hear and put into words or pictures or whatever. Um, yeah. Well, so and there's no that. new story under the sun. Right. Like we are all writing. And I mean, the hero's journey is a perfect example of the fact that we are all writing the same story yeah. and telling ourselves, I mean, not to be like, we're at an hour, let's talk about religion, but like, even <laughs> yeah. you know, even the story of Jesus and the Buddha and um, Muhammad all follow the same mm-hmm archetypes are all very similar. And so the stories that we tell ourselves and that we create are really just the same story, the story of life and the human experience, you know, over and over and over again. And I think that kind of takes the pressure off of it too, because it's like, there's nothing new. You're just writing a version of something that's already out there. And that's part of the 
the listening as well of like, you might not scribe it perfectly, but that's okay because somebody mm -hmm. else is going to try, you know, as well. Exactly. Um, and that doesn't mean that there's not beauty and wisdom to be gained from each imperfect interpretation. Yeah. You can't do it wrong. Right. Yeah. Oh, I've had so much fun talking with you. Oh my gosh. Um, this has just been the best. And what a great way to like kick off for me a Sagittarius season and, um, and season two of the podcast. Yes. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. This is so, so exciting. So now before we end, let's recap, how can people find you if they want to work with you for tarot or for video or for whatever awesome things you're Doing. Yes. Yes. Okay. So people can find me on Instagram. Uh, I'm at B Skolnick. So it's B E E like a bumblebee. And then my last name, uh, I can, do you want me to spell it here? Sorry that I didn't change it. <laughs> I could have, uh, but I That's still cool. haven't joined a union. So there's still time. Right. Um, yeah. So they can find me at B Skolnick on Instagram or my website is my first and last name. So Rebecca Skolnick.com. And it's still always a work in progress, but there's um, tarot offerings and you can find my video work. I wear many hats and I am coming to love that about my life and my career. Um, there's a great TED talk by Emily Wapanick about multi-potential. Oh my gosh. I yes. love it. I love it. And I talked to, cause I teach it. I teach a career class with my students and I have yeah. a book and I show that TED talk and I'm like, listen. Oh yes. She's awesome. So um, I'm really trying to embrace the idea that I don't have to boil who I am down to yeah. a short catchphrase. Um, but yeah, they can find me on my website. I'm out there and I would love to, I'm just really excited to like work with people and get to know people. And I feel like I am kind of in that putty phase mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of like, I've released a lot of expectations about what I think my life and career should look like and now allowing it to take shape. So let's work. <laughs> It's going to be so cool to see what 2019 has in store for you, you know? Oh, thank like, you. Like year two. It's like, okay, what do we got next? Yeah, 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 year two. All right, Rebecca, um, oh I'm going to sign off and just say thank you so much for being on the podcast. We'll yes, thank you so much for having me. Talk soon. Okay. Hey friends, thanks for listening to Leah Rising, a tarot and creative intuition podcast. As of January 2021, this podcast and all of the information is archived. So feel free to listen to the episodes. The wisdom of the tarot is everlasting. But much of the information about um, booking a reading from people has changed in the last couple of years. So know that there isn't a tarot um, Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course, I will update that in the future if it changes.